one thing that Chris Titus added to the Tesla Q lexicon that, that will probably not die away is that he referred to Elon Musk as Electric Willy Wonka. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the Tesla Q podcast. This is going to be part one of the March Madness series where I describe what's gone on in the month of March. And with Tesla, there was much, much madness. The Patreon account is live. I've started to get a few patrons that have made their pledges for monthly contributions for the podcast. To get to that, you go to patreon.com slash Podcast. That's T-S-L-A-Q podcast. And even if you don't plan to to actually become a patron, please go there and and just look at the different tier levels and maybe get a quick laugh out of where I've said a few of those. Also, if you want some shorty merchandise, go to the shorty store at evacuationboy.com. Try the offer code Q15. I think there may be an Elon Bachman poster up there with some of the different avatars that were modified to be like Elon Bachman uh, last Thursday. If you listen to episode 23, you know a little bit more about that. And I guess it's time to get on with the episode. So our last rundown episode was number 22, and that covered up through February 28th. And I ended with uh, mentioning that I finally had gotten my shorty merchandise. So the big news that day, of course, was the announcement of the $35,000 short or standard range, not short range, Model 3. As of February 28th, the Tesla website said that there was a two to four week delivery time estimate for those. The other big news was that they were planning to close a substantial portion of their stores. Maybe not quite all of them, but all but a few of them. And that was necessary to allow the 6% price drops on their vehicles, which for some Model S and X vehicles in some locations was much, much larger than a 6% price drop. The share price from the after hours trading on February 28th, which was also when the infamous huge phone calls video by Zach and Jesse was made, hit about $320 shortly before the announcement actually came out. And by March 1st, Friday, it had it fell through $300 and ended the day at about $295 on February or on March 1st. That was Friday. Uh, around February 28th, news came out that Panasonic's head auto guy was leaving. His name was Yoshio Ito. Uh, he, I believe he was about 66 years old, which is normal retirement age in Japan. He was a big Gigafactory champion. I, I'm not sure if the news came out on February 28th or March 1st, but Kawasaki KR1, who's a, a Twitter Twitter user who is, I, I believe, from Japan or lives in Japan or at least knows a lot about Japan, mentioned that that may just be a normal retirement thing. And he was working up through this past week, I think. So April 1st being the, the start of a new quarter, 
is when a lot of the new management comes in in Japanese companies. So it's not clear if his departure was related to the relationship with Tesla and the Gigafactory or not. But since he's gone now, there's the possibility that some people might be a little bit more willing within Panasonic to maybe not treat Tesla as leniently as they have in the past, possibly in the third quarter of 2018 in particular. On March 1st, Stuart Meissner put out a tweet from, I believe, Key West or some beach location. It showed a nice picture of the a calm ocean and a beverage with an umbrella, and the caption said, Calm before the storm. Later on, of course, we found out that he was waiting on Business Week to finish their story about his new whistleblower, and I'll, I'll get to that a little bit more in just a bit, but that is what he was referring to with that tweet. And as I said, March 1st, that morning there was a, a battle for 300. It was the next to last battle for 300, apparently, as March 4th, the following Monday, is the last time that Tesla shares have traded above $300 per share at any point as of March 31st, 2019, when I'm recording this episode, that is. On March 1st, the delivery numbers for February came out from Inside EVs, and that was an estimate of 5,750 Model 3 deliveries in the United States for the month of February, which followed up on 6,500 as the estimate for January. Same day, March 1st, Tesla made their $920 million convertible bond payment. There was a little bit of uh, angst later in the afternoon when people were still waiting to hear some confirmation that that had been paid, but it did, in fact, get paid. Same day, March 1st, Alex Chalekian, apologies if I mispronounced your name, uh, he's a, a money manager of some sort, but he announced on Twitter that he had exited his long Tesla position for all of his clients and that that was based on the, the store closure decision and all that that apparently uh, signaled in regards to the position that Tesla's in. One thing that I noted on March 1st was that the the price at the end of the day closed right at about $295, which may or may not have been the result of an options pin. Uh, the market makers that sell options may have a desired value that they'd like to see the price end at on a Friday afternoon with options expirations. So on March 1st, the ending price was about 295 and that was on extremely large volume after that Model 3 standard range announcement on February 28th. And just for some additional data points, since we're I'm recording here on March 31st, 2019, actually February 1st, since it's after midnight now. Uh, but on Friday, March 8th, the share price ended the day right at about 285, a nice round number. On 315, the next Friday, it was at about 275, a nice round number. March 22nd, it was about 265. It was actually 264 and some change, but pretty close to 265. And this past week, March 29th, it ended at about 280. So that may or may not be five consecutive weeks of a little bit of an options pin to get a nice round number for the Friday 4 p.m. Eastern time closing price, which is the price that's used to determine if an option ends in the money or out of the money. So same day, February, or not fit, March 1st, 
Paul Hootner put out his uh, transcript of the super secret phone call, which was a blatant Reg FD violation, at least in the eyes of, of many people on Twitter. And in that, in the phone call, Elon Musk had said that it would be June before standard range Model 3s were delivered, which differed from what the website had said of two to four weeks for delivery. So that was a, a discrepancy, which may or may not be material. I'll, I'll leave that up to the SEC to decide. I'm just going to point it out here. That weekend, March 2nd, Elon was in Florida for the launch of the Crew Dragon capsule that went to the International Space Station. It had a, a mannequin named Ripley on board, and he stayed there for several days. One theory that may be a little bit out there was that he may have been shopping for houses in Florida because they have a homesteading act, which apparently makes it very difficult for you to lose a home that you own in Florida, even if you are convicted of crimes. That's apparently the main reason that O.J. Simpson moved to Florida, just as a little tidbit that I wasn't aware of until until some discussions about that started on Twitter. Same day, March 1st, I already mentioned March 2nd, but March 1st, there was a fatal Tesla accident in Florida, which involved a Tesla vehicle traveling under a semi-trailer. And apparently after the after going under the trailer, it continued on for 500 meters or something like that, which I, I don't know. I, I don't know the details of whether it was using autopilot or not. I'll leave that up to the NHTSA and NTSB to investigate. Uh, shortly after that crash and the fact that that crash happened on March 1st and the Davy crash happened on February 24th, I believe, whatever day that Sunday was of that week. Since those were both in Florida and in such close proximity, and since there were uh, inquiries into the Office of Inspector General requesting that they be investigated, it was announced, I believe, on March 2nd that they are going to be investigating those. So within about two years, we may hear some determination about those two particular crashes. On March 2nd, which was a Saturday, there was a fire at a Tesla facility in the United Kingdom. If, if I'm not mistaken, that's where it was. Uh, this just happened to be the day after uh, it was announced that Tesla stores were going to be closing. The, that same weekend, March 2nd, 3rd, 4th, uh, comedian Chris Titus had a bit of a tirade against Tesla on Twitter after he had... He had purchased a Model X for his wife, I think on Wednesday of that week, which would have been February 27th, which was the very day before the huge price drop. So the price dropped $6,000 the very next day. Ultimately, I think he did get his uh, that price difference paid back to him, which may or may not have been mostly because he has 150,000 Twitter followers and a blue check mark on Twitter, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Elon handled that situation for everybody else. There was a tweet where Elon mentioned that if they retroactively tried to make every customer whole, that Tesla would die. So there's that. Uh, one thing that Chris Titus added to the Tesla Q lexicon that, that will probably not die away is that he referred to Elon Musk as Electric Willy Wonka. So 
Thank you for that, Chris Titus. Even though you, you seem to maybe be on better terms again with Tesla and Elon Musk after being, quote, made whole after your uh, price situation that you endured. Same day, March 2nd, there was an electric article that talked about cutting Tesla's sales employees' compensation plans. And the gist of the article seemed to be that this was maybe a way to attempt to nudge them out the door without officially laying them off, which may or may not be a cheaper way, definitely a scummier way to, to get rid of people. But that was an article from Saturday, March 2nd. Also, same day, there was a scoop from Elmer from some online forum. I think it might have been the Tesla Motor Club forum, but I'm not certain of that. And his scoop was that changes... The changes, the store closures and everything were because, quote, Tesla was, quote, closer to bankruptcy than it has ever been. Uh, an additional scoop, which I apparently didn't tweet anything about it because in looking through my old tweets, I didn't find it. But I remember it in my brain is that Elmer, some on some forum, found some Tesla employees saying that there internally was no work being done on the Model Y. And subsequently... Elmer has suggested that perhaps him putting that scoop out on Twitter may have been part of why Elon announced on March the 4th, that Sunday, or I guess it was March 3rd, that the Model Y reveal would be on March 14th. On Sunday, March 3rd, the Twitter account BBC Faking posted an excellent, excellent staged picture uh, with a United Kingdom version of a Hot Pocket and a nice watch and a Charles Gasparino picture and several other nice little Easter eggs. It has 252 likes and 47 retweets, and it encompassed a lot of inside jokes of Tesla tw Tesla Q Twitter. Same weekend, uh, March 2nd and 3rd, there were some Chinese customers protesting about the price drops, and uh, I think they had a sign-up that said, don't buy a Tesla today because it's going to be cheaper tomorrow, which <laughs> that was probably the case for a lot of people earlier today, March 31st. Uh, tomorrow should be a fun day for Tesla. And uh, as I mentioned just a, a, just a bit ago, Sunday evening, March 3rd, is when Elon Musk tweeted that the Model Y re would be revealed on March the 14th. On Monday, March 4th, there was uh, a lot of usage of the huge phone calls joke, which was thanks to Zach and Jesse's episode on February 28th. There was a Form 4 that hit Tesla's investor relations page on Monday, March 4th for some uh, sales of shares by J.B. Straubel. On Tuesday, March 5th, Galileo Russell was scheduled or to be on the QTR podcast or had agreed to be on the QTR podcast. If you'll remember, he's the let's go to YouTube kid that got to ask some questions on Tesla's earnings conference call back in, uh, I believe it was August or maybe it was the one before that. It might have been back in May of 2018. Uh, and he was going to be on the QTR podcast until he found out that Mark Spiegel was also going to be on. Not not to say that he chickened out necessarily, but maybe that's why he decided not to be on. I don't know. Same day, March 5th, 
Tuesday, there was a tweet from Charles Gasparino. It was a scoop tweet, and it said, quote, Tesla executives tell bankers that there's no near-term need to raise capital despite recent woes. The company has adequate access to banks' lines, but Tesla executives did tell bankers that the company may raise in coming months if business conditions don't improve more now. Um, so... That tweet came on Tuesday, March 5th, so keep that in mind. Also, Tuesday, March 5th, Elon tweeted that Tesla's communications team would be fixing the mistake, which was the fact that they had the the conference call that was not available to the entire general public and was actually only available to some journalists that were invited to it. And he said that Tesla communications would be fixing that mistake he didn't own the mistake as his own because that's not what Elon Musk does. He doesn't admit that he may have made some mistake. Even if it's minor, he doesn't seem to be willing to, to admit that he made a mistake, which seems to be part of his overall personality and part of why I have my views of him that I have. On Wednesday, March 6th, there was a news report about China possibly still having 4,700 cars that were held up in customs. Uh, I believe it was at some point towards the end of the prior week, or maybe the middle of the prior week, that Reuters had run a story that said that China's customs issues were, were solved for Tesla. But that particular story apparently only had one singular source, and it, it was somebody from within Tesla. I don't know if it was Elon Musk himself or somebody else, but a single source, which apparently didn't have the whole story. Uh, this customs issue may have delayed some deliveries just a little bit in China. It's probably not at all material in the grand scheme of the, the whole story. It may have a tiny impact on quarter one, but but probably not much of anything. Also on Wednesday, March 6th, there was a, an update on Tesla's website where they walked back some of their full self-driving claims on Thursday, March 7th, there was a, a nice little cartoon on investing.com that was Elon Musk, and he had his thumbs in his ears with, with uh, so he's like he was making big ears with his hands and had his tongue sticking out towards the SEC and towards Tesla shareholders. That was a just a funny little cartoon. You should check it out on Twitter if you feel like scrolling back to March 7th. Sorry if you missed it. Sorry, this is... Uh, this episode's getting out a little bit late for being able to scroll back to that easily. Also, Thursday, March 7th, there was a Laura Kolodny article on CNBC that mentioned that Model Y production, uh, the location for that was still not known as of seven days before they were going to reveal it. As far as I know here on April 1st now, I, I still don't think they've decided for sure where they're going to be producing it. Maybe the plan is to produce it at the Gigafactory in China, where Chao Zhu has been doing an excellent job of documenting some of the construction progress there, while also taking some time to, to be the Giga Fisherman out there. So keep keep doing what you're doing, Chao. Uh, those of us on Twitter appreciate getting to see the progress there. Also, Thursday, March 7th, there were reports that Elon Musk's security clearance is under review by the Pentagon. Uh, Charlie Gasparino had a couple tweets about that also, where he was mentioning that it was first reported by him back in, I guess it was September, shortly after the the Joe Rogan podcast with the the little bit of a puff on a 
little marijuana cigarette or whatever it was. Also, Thursday, March 7th, Tesla's vice president of engineering resigned from Tesla. His name's Dr. Michael Schweckertz. I butchered that name. Apologies, Dr. Mike. Uh, And we found out just this weekend, I think yesterday, uh, in an article on Electric that he apparently hired on with Apple. So he's probably working on Apple's super secretive Project Titan vehicle project maybe under Doug Field who did a, a an excellent job selling his Tesla shares back in August at about 360 plus dollars per share so lucky sell there Mr. Field Thursday March 7th also uh Stuart Meissner announced that on Monday March 11th that he would be revealing his third whistleblower which ended up being uh Sean Guthrow, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he worked in security at the Gigafactory. He worked with Carl Hansen. He was involved with uh, the incident with Martin Tripp where they posted the Be on the Lookout for poster with Martin Tripp's picture. Uh, Later that week, I believe it would have been uh, March 13th or so. Might have been the 12th. Might have been Tuesday, March 12th. There was the Business Week expose about some of that incident. It's largely largely been forgotten over the past few weeks as it doesn't directly play into Tesla's business. It does shine some light on some of their practices as a business. And I won't be surprised if it eventually becomes more relevant. I have no no inside knowledge of that. I'm just saying that it may not end up always being a nothing burger the way it is a nothing burger over the last two weeks. There was a Tesla 8K filing also on Thursday, March 7th, and that included information about the financing for the Chinese Gigafactory, and it also included some mention that Tesla, their borrowing line from Deutsche Bank was increased a little bit, so that aspect of increasing their amount that they can borrow from Deutsche Bank made me think back to the tweet from two days earlier from Mr. Gasparino that said that the company has adequate access to banks' lines. So I'm thinking that that piece of that 8K directly relates to that piece of Charles Gasparino's scoop tweet from Tuesday, March 5th. So the other parts of that tweet are probably also correct. Uh, Although Tesla executives tell bankers that the company may raise in coming months if business conditions don't improve more now, that aspect may be hindered for the time being while the SEC contempt item is still out there. There's a, the judge is hearing some Uh, some sort of arguments from lawyers on this upcoming Thursday, April 4th. So once final resolution of that matter occurs, perhaps Tesla could raise money via equity at that time. As of tomorrow, April 1st, which is actually today since it's after midnight, I don't think they could raise tomorrow, but perhaps in another week or two they could, which would delay the inevitable adding of the Q to their stock symbol. 
which barring barring demand somehow being far above what many of us in the Tesla Q community have observed and assumed that it would be barring barring us being highly wrong on that it is inevitable that Tesla's business will not be able to sustain itself but it may take a a whole lot longer than we would hope so that said back to the discussion here Thursday March 7th the Tesla delivery times for the short range Model 3 were updated on their website to six to eight weeks from two to four weeks which is what it said as of February 28th when they first got added to the website and on Friday, March 8th, early in the day, there was a Wall Street Journal article, and the title of the article was Landlords to Tesla, You're Still on the Hook for Your Store Leases. And Robert Tobman, who I think is CEO of Tobman Properties, or that, that may not be the exact company name, but they apparently have a lot of properties that they've leased to Tesla for stores. He was one of the primary people quoted in the article. I believe the number from the article was that Tesla has about $1.7 billion of lease obligations with their stores. So that $1.7 billion can't just evaporate into the air. So with that article coming out on Friday, March 8th, on Monday morning, March 11th, there was a new Tesla blog out, which basically reversed the store closure decision. Not entirely i think they're still closing some of the stores but they're keeping a lot more of them open than they planned to as of the haphazard decision on february 28th and in conjunction with that they announced that they would be raising prices again three percent which added to some later march madness that we'll get to on a future episode but that was just uh, a little bit more than seven days of march and it included quite a bit of madness and that's only like a fourth of March. So not sure how many parts this series episode series will be, but this was part one of March Madness. We'll see if I squeeze the rest of it into two more parts or three more parts or one more really long part. If so, I'll need to have a, a nice glass of water so that I don't cough too much during the episode recording. But be sure to go check out the Patreon tiers don't feel obligated to donate. I will be figuring out how to put out a little bit of, of uh, premium content to make it worthwhile to have some of those tiers as a subscription. And go to the Shorty Store if you want some nice coffee mugs or posters or t-shirts. And we'll call that episode number 24 of the Tesla Q Podcast. Bye bye